want apple juice. Lucas wants apple juice. I know, I heard him can say I that. Can I have apple juice? Yeah, you can have apple juice. Can I have soda? Yes, you can have soda. Can I press that button? No, you can't press that button. Why? Because that's going to play the theme song. I'm not ready to Click. start the pot. Welcome back to another edition of the podcast. It is Friday. It is July 22nd. Holy cow, 2022. Welcome back. Thank you for joining me. Whether you found it on HiPodOnDad.com or whether you found me on any streaming service, I do appreciate it. Like, subscribe, hit the bell, hit... Is there a bell? Seriously, is there a bell? If there is, please hit it. If there's something else, hit that unless, you know, it's a a nice elderly person. Don't, Don't hit them. But hit everybody else. Thank you. I appreciate it. You finding the time to listen to me on Friday. It has been a great week. It has been my birthday week. I have been celebrating and it has actually been, I keep saying, the best birthday I've had. And I'm starting to realize that every year is starting to become the best birthday I've had. I'm focusing on making things happy, making things good, making things complete. As you guys know, I've been through a ton of stuff these past few years. And I don't know, it sounds kind of silly when you say it out loud, but I always feel like I'm kind of searching for home and I'm starting to find it. I'm starting to feel more settled, you know? Sometimes we don't feel settled in our own skin and um, I'm starting to feel settled in my own skin. So it's a good feeling. I'm very happy. I had a lot of fun. I posted some pictures online. I went to some concerts. My daughter got me a cup from The Office. Do you guys remember the episode of The Office where they find out that there was a party that they didn't go to, but everybody got mugs with their faces on it? I think it was Kelly Kapoor's party. I used to watch The Office years ago. I just started rewatching it with my daughter. She saw the cup. She knows how weird I am, so she bought me one with my face on it. It was one of the most thoughtful gifts ever. Uh, Lauren and I have been, you know, we went to a concert at Jones Beach. We went to a brewery. We had a lot of fun. She got me uh, awesome gifts. I've been very happy uh, with everybody, my family, my friends, everyone around me. And it feels good to be able to have this positive outlook. I know we go up and down. I definitely have had ups and downs these past few years, even these past few weeks, just in terms of mood and emotion. And, you know, I always call it riding the bipolar express. I've done all those things and finally evening out, settling in. I saw One Republic over at Jones Beach, which was kind of funny. The guy was um, telling us how he's been writing songs for other artists and then proceeded to sing all the songs that he wrote for other artists. I remember like, what? Lauren's like, I've never been to a concert where they just play other people's songs. And that's what it was. It was like a cover, you know, a cover concert by a main act. So it was pretty, it was pretty crazy, but it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun this year. So thank you guys for all the birthday wishes. Thank you for everybody who reached out. I've heard from a lot of you. Uh, I appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for supporting this because I've been Still in the midst of birthdays and things going on, ups and downs and moods and all that stuff, I still make sure to do high blog on dad. And this week I did it as well, even though it was birthday week, birthday week. And I posted two blog posts. One of them was brand new uh, on Monday. And the other one, which is what I've started to do, is on days where either a holiday or I have something going on, instead of really forcing myself to write one and maybe not being happy about it, there's been a handful that I haven't been happy with through the years. 
I instead go back and I repost an old one. I go through it. I add links. I change it around and make it a little more SEO friendly. So that's what I did this year. The first one on Monday was new. It was overcoming the fear of having a nonverbal child with autism. And it was about my son, Lucas, and kind of coming to grips with the fact that he was nonverbal, the fact that, you know, he was probably never going to speak, or if he did, it would be you know very limited, uh, the fact that he had autism. And I talked about just kind of getting, I don't say used to it, because it wasn't about getting used to it. It was about learning that nonverbal doesn't mean completely silent for the rest of his life. In fact, nonverbal just means that we don't exchange you know, information in a verbal way. He tells me things in his own way, whether it's exchanging glances or uh, mannerisms. And I told stories about first teaching him that and how I kind of had to go out of my way with repetition to make sure that he understood and how you know useful it all was and how in the end, it wasn't as scary as I thought it was, which has always been one of the themes that I wanted in this blog. I wanted people to know that, yeah, it's scary at first. You know, if you're afraid of having a child with special needs, you're not a bad parent. You're not alone. It's quite natural. In fact, you know, if you didn't worry about your kid, that would kind of say that you really weren't worried about your kid, which you should be. You should always be worried about your kid. If my kid gets a gets a paper cut, I freak out. You know, Lucas banged his face this week. We don't know how. This happened during his sleep or whatever, and I beat myself up about it all week. So if your kid is going through something that might be what you consider to be suffering, you worry about it. And the idea with the fear of being nonverbal and autism for a parent is that you worry because you assume that it's going to be the worst thing in the world. And as they get older and you start to realize it's not the worst thing in the world, that fear starts to go away. You know, it doesn't mean it's not hard. doesn't mean there's not struggles. doesn't mean there aren't challenges. But it is not something that is the end of the world for your kid. Um, you know, it's not the end of my world. My world is still here. And he's a huge, wonderful part of it. So that's what I wrote on Monday. I wanted people to get that one. Now, on Wednesday, though, I republished the top post I've ever had here on the blog. And it was called, I'm sorry my son drank your coffee. I think about it. Even the shirt. If you guys go to highshopomdad.com. What? Highshopomdad.com. It is the official shop of High Blog I'm Dad. I have a t-shirt that is made in the uh, in the image of Roots of Fight. You guys know those Roots of Fight shirts? They Mike Tyson, Muhammad Ali on them. I made one for High Blog I'm Dad. And on the back, it actually says, I'm sorry my kid drank your coffee. And I did that because that was the blog post that everybody kind of related to. And it was about my son going out and well, just taking drinks and taking food and whatever he saw and kind of the struggle that we had, especially in 2018 of stopping him from doing that. And I told stories in there about one time we went to a basketball award ceremony for my daughter when she was doing youth basketball. And we look over and there's Lucas drinking a cup of coffee. And I was like, oh my God, is he drinking coffee? And then I realized that none of us had coffee. And he was actually drinking the coffee of a family who had stood up to applaud their own kid. People we didn't know. And he's standing there drinking their coffee at the table. I'm like, oh, my God. I freaked out. And I've had other stories, too, of him just grabbing a wayward cup of coffee that's next to a payphone or him trying to pick up something from the floor or just taking food off a table or whatever. And it was a long struggle with him. And it's something that I worked on. I've actually written about three or four follow-ups to this particular article because when I posted this blog post... I dealt with a lot of negativity, which will surprise you. If you go back to the original Facebook post, which is a couple of years ago, it's got like thousands of, of likes at this point, like three, 4,000 likes. And if you go through it, the comments on it range from people, you know, this is, you know, Michael does the same thing. And I'm like, oh, good for Michael drinking coffee. But then you get the people who are like, this is disgusting. These kids just think they can have whatever they want. And you get people who are very angry about 
a child with autism taking coffee from you. Now, here's the deal. If you read the blog, I don't really go into what happened with the people that we interacted with. In the, in the case of the woman whose coffee that he took and started drinking, we offered to pay for it. We said we were sorry. She said it was okay. Most people are really, really cool about it. Uh, they understand. They get it. You know, it's kind of a weird thing. It's not like they were eating a meal and he came over and grabbed it. Uh, it was like a, a discarded cup of coffee. So they get like, oh, this isn't quote unquote normal. Okay, cool. All right. Sorry. It's okay. Then there are some people who would not be happy about it. We don't really run into those people. And I'll tell you why we don't really run into those people. It's because we go out of our way to kind of be courteous, or at least I do. I know I do. Um, I say we, I always talk about my family in general, but I go out of my way to make things right. I have a rule in my life. I do it for myself. I do it for my son. And it's that I almost default to being overly courteous, overly kind. And the reason why is this. I know that if you, you know, confront me about something and we start to get into a confrontation, I'm, I'm going to not back down, right? It's going to be an issue. So I go out of my way to make sure that if we do have an issue and something happens, I can then at the end of the day, turn around and say, I did everything possible I could to make it a good situation. Or if somebody's messing with me or my kid, it's because that person is an a-hole, not me. My kid is being good. I'm trying to take care of him. So that's the idea. Now, so as I'm writing this blog and as I'm posting it on Facebook, I'm hearing from people who are unhappy, some of them. And a lot of my write-off is just jerks. Like, oh, yeah, whatever. I don't care. No talk. There was one about him taking a pancake. We had made pancake faces in one of his classes. None of the other kids really cared about it. You know, it's an autism class, so some kids don't want to eat the pancakes. Lucas wanted to eat everyone's pancake. And the story was, as we were walking away, he jumped through the air and he grabbed a pancake and he threw it in his mouth from another kid's table. And they were all done making the pancakes. And this woman's like, no mention of the other child who lost their pancake. I'm like, lady, the other kid didn't give a damn about his pancake. I didn't mention it because it's a 900-word blog post. I don't know what kind of information you want in this. No mention of what kind of car you drove over. Just stupid stuff. Like, all right, the kid didn't cry. It wasn't his birthday pancake. It was a thing in class, whatever. So it wasn't really a big deal. So I write those people off. But then I found this one woman, and this really made me think, and she had posted how she's so tired of people giving a free ride to kids who have autism and do whatever they want. I'm like, this lady is a, a jerk. And I kind of engaged her at the time. And she goes, she goes, I love planting flowers. And I planted all my flowers in my garden. And the kid next door came over and tore up my flowers. And the mother shrugged and said, well, he has autism. And that was it. And I thought, all right, now I relate to you. I get it. <laughs> and that's the problem. And that's one of the issues as an autism parent that I always make sure. And I don't love the term autism parent. But as a parent to a child with autism that I always go out of my way for is that that woman now has a point. Like, my son can take your cup of coffee and drink it. And I'll offer to pay for it. And there's really nothing I can do about it. But if this woman were to spend all this time putting a garden together and my kid were to destroy her garden, I would feel awful. I would buy her flowers. I would plant the flowers. I would go out of my way to make up for it because I get it. You know, my son has autism. My son sometimes does impulsive things, but that's not everybody's issue. That's my issue. And it's my job to make sure he doesn't do something like that. And if he were to do it, it is my job to make up for it. The one thing I've always tried to remember is that to somebody else, we might be their face of autism. We are what they think of when they think of a child with autism. So whether we're positive or negative in their life plays a huge difference in how they relate to everyone with autism. And that's what I tried to remember with this woman. So every time we go out there, if Lucas does something, if he takes something from someone, if he runs over to a, a table or something, I remember to set the example. 
to be the face of autism awareness for somebody else. So we go out of our way to do that. Lucas sometimes gets impulsive and Lucas acts a certain way with certain people. With me, he never runs to anyone's table to try to get food. But I've heard about this. I've heard about this in school and with other people where they'll go to a restaurant and he'll get really into it and he'll want to run to someone's table and grab food off their, their plate, which is mortifying to me. I can't even imagine it happening. So we don't have it happen. I don't. If we go to a restaurant, we bring some pirate booty, a little bag of it. So while he's waiting, he can eat it. I've learned that one the hard way. There's only so much free bread they can bring you beforehand. Um, I go out of my way to make sure that he's happy, to make sure that he's kind of boxed in. If we're in a booth, he's against the wall. He's not outside. Because I'm not dumb, you know? And that's actually how this blog post ended was the fact that I'm teaching him and it's great, but I'm not, I'm not an idiot. Like, I'm not going to allow him to go, you know, run away. I know how life goes. So we've dealt with that. We've had that as kind of an issue as well. And what's funny is that in the second blog post there, the one that uh, was original on Monday about the fear, I talked about teaching him to ask for every single Cheerio and how it helped with his language. But there's actually an article on HiBlog it's called uh, Teaching My Son Not to Steal Your French Fries. And it's the exact same story where we bought French fries and he had to ask for every single one, which is the most helpful thing. If you have a child who's nonverbal, you have a child with autism, one of the best pieces of advice that I could give you in order to teach them things, um, whether it's, it's between language, between social interactions, is the trick with the Cheerios or French fries. You get something that requires a lot of of pieces, whether it's, you know, again, cereal or something like that, where there's like, you know, one piece, two pieces, and every single one that he wanted, I made him ask individually. So there's a bowl of Cheerios with, I don't know, a million Cheerios in it. And every single one I made him do, give me, double tap on his chest, give me, you want a Cheerio? Give me over and over again. I said, there was a relative like, you're going to make him ask for every single Cheerio. I'm like, yeah, yeah, I am. I'm going to make him ask for every single, and he asked every single Cheerio. And in the end, he learns, this is how I get what I want. I ask. These are mine. I need to ask for them and I'll just grab them, which is so important. My favorite thing that I got to tell you is he does still like to grab things. And if we're together in the house, he always asks me. He doesn't grab food off my plate, which makes me very happy. But it's, it's cute because he goes out with his friend Christian. As you guys know, like Lauren is my girlfriend. Her son Christian is his best friend. The two of them both have been in the same classes for years. Christian has minimal language. Um, I love it, man. I got to, one day I'll do one of these blog posts. I'll tell you guys all about, about Christian, who is adorable. Christian has the most adorable voice. And I tell Lauren all the time, do you know how lucky you are that he has a cute voice? She'll be like, say bye. And he'll turn to me and go, bye. And I'm like, oh my God. And like, I melt, but I'm like, you know how lucky you are that the first time he spoke, he wasn't like, say bye. And he's like, bye. Be like, that would be kind of a different story. Sweetest little voice ever. But it's, what I love about it is seeing my son with another boy who does the same things to him. And I'll watch them steal food off each other's plates. And the faces they make, like, what the hell's going on? Like, I've seen him walk over to Lucas, just take food off his plate. And Lucas will look up at me like, yo, what? <laughs> it's the best. You guys ever see the, the video clip of that little kid? And they take the chip off his plate. And he's like, what? That's Lucas. So I love that. So he gets to interact and do that. But my goal is to make my son fit into society. And to make it that if you have an issue with my son, you know, if we're out somewhere and a stranger has something negative to say, it's because there's something wrong with that stranger because I go out of my way to make sure that he is sweet, that he is kind, and that he fits in with everybody else. And that, I think, is the most important thing. It's etiquette. It's the importance of etiquette when your child has autism. And I think a lot of parents, they don't think like that. We can't think like that for any kid, any sort of, uh, whether it's a disability or anything, even if your kid is just a kid. I've had stories that don't even involve autism. There was one story. I was at the mall 
and I was playing one of those games with the, the claw games, right? The mall by my house, which is now uh, done, they closed down. They had a claw game that was the most rigged claw game ever, and it was very frustrating. But for some reason, I would always try this claw game because I'm good at claw games. So I always like to tell myself I'm going to win it even if it's rigged. This one I could never win. So I put money in. I'm, I'm about to play it, right? So I have my hand on the on the stick. And this kid comes over, and he, like, ducks underneath. The kid must have been, like, maybe five, four or five years old. Ducks in underneath my arms and puts his hand on the stick for the claw, right, to move it as my hands are on it. So our hands are on the same thing. And I guess he thought I was just going to let him do it. So I froze my hands and I wouldn't move. I didn't want to move this kid off of, you know, the joystick. But at the same time, I'm not going to let him play that. I just put money in. I don't even know this kid. And his dad is next to me, standing there. And the kid's got his hand on the stick. So I'm sitting there frozen, right? Not letting him move. He's trying to move the stick. And I'm sitting there frozen. And literally, we're there for like 15 seconds of, of me just like, you know, frozen to the stick and the kid not able to move it and the father's finally like come on man this is the man let the man play he expected me to let his kid just start moving the stick around that to me is an example of parenting etiquette and it's when your child has autism you just kind of apply it to a different set of things but that's exactly the problem and somebody who thinks like that might do the same thing if their kid has autism but the difference is if your kid has autism some of the times that they do it i mean grabbing a stick on a video game is insane and not a good thing to do, but it's a little more understandable than swiping someone's entire dinner or wrecking someone's flower bed. So that's why I make sure that the whole world doesn't love my son the way I love my son. So I make sure that, you know, he treats other people the way that I would want to be treated by someone else's kid. So that's important. Always remember that. It's the most important thing as a parent. That's why so many of my interactions and so many of the stories I have are positive about strangers telling me I'm a good dad or asking me questions or people on airplanes giving him, you know, snacks. This one old man who I taught all this stuff about autism. I wrote about this for Autism Speaks. We were on the plane. We had a whole educational thing. He gave Lucas all of his snacks and it was just the sweetest thing ever. I never would have expected it. He knew nothing about autism and we got a chance to kind of teach him about it. And I felt by the end of it, I felt that he had learned a lot and it made me feel good. And I like when when me and my son could put good out in the world. So do that. Look, sometimes we're frustrated. Sometimes we're tired. Sometimes life is a little rough. But always, always, always try to put a positive face on your family. Put a positive face on who you are. And let the world see how good your kids can be. Because at the end of the day, man, all of our kids could be good. We just got to just gotta kind of reel them in a little bit. Because if you're not, then by the time they get older, they're just monsters. So you don't want monsters. Um, so yeah, no monsters. But again, it has been a monster week monster birthday love it all it has been an amazing amazing few weeks so i appreciate all of you um very happy very surrounded by happiness thank you guys for taking the time to listen until next time james gutman saying be well bye pod i'm dad.